are, are we are we on? No, not yet. Just kidding, we are. Hey, this is uh, John Horsley and Kenrick Regan with the Spoiler Country Podcast. We uh, got a couple corrections before we start anything. We should probably correct the, the fuck ups that I did last time because it was all me. Oh uh, no, I did one too. So it's it's oh. just not all you. Well, I'll do but the you two go ahead. <laughs> so my stupid ass said that Amazing Spider-Man 121 was the first appearance of Punisher. It's actually 129. 121 is the death of Gwen Stacy. I don't know why that slipped my brain. Well, I I knew you were wrong, but you were so adamant that I was I know. Like, okay. I, it, you know, even at the time, I was like, this doesn't sound right, but I couldn't. I, I, I was like, oh, yeah, 129. That's Gwen Stacy. Can't let no, it go. Can't, no. You can't let it couldn't, go. <laughs> and then I also credited Kurt Busiek with writing Kingdom Come, and it was actually Mark Wade. I, I thought you said Alex Ross wrote Kingdom Alex, Come. Yeah, he illustrated it, and he also helped write it, too, as well, with story ideas. But it wasn't Kurt Busiek. It was, um, it was Mark Wade. Gotcha. I need, to, I, I need to get that. At least download the trade paperback and read it. It's so good. It's so good. And there's even in the background of some of the scenes, you'll see cameos from like Spider-Man and Thor. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Hey, Alex Ross but it's a DC. It's a yeah. DC. Um, it's a DC book, but it's not, yeah. it's not f- official cameos, but you can tell who they're, who they're supposed to be. <laughs> right. Right. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. So one of our, one of our lone listeners pointed that out that Johnny was wrong. So we yeah. appreciate that. So anytime we're that. wrong, guys, just go ahead and. Anytime we're wrong, just let us know because we don't, you know. Yeah, we make we're mistakes. We're not going to fact check on everything. We're human. <laughs> also, I can't say that that Captain America was a clone. I, I honestly didn't read it, so I don't. Someone told me that that's what what happened. Yeah, yeah I don't know what and happened. I went back. I didn't read it. Well, I went back to 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 confirm it, and I can't find anything that says that he's a clone. So I can't say that he's a clone because I haven't read it. Oh, for the the Secret Empire storyline. Yeah. 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 Someone told me that they said he wasn't a clone, that he's definitely not a clone, and then a month later it came out that he was a clone, and they were mad about it, but I was like, okay, that's legitimate. But then when I went to go look for it, I couldn't find it. Yeah, I haven't read that, so I don't, I don't know how it ends. But also, I, I kind of don't care. <laughs> so, so on the last episode, I said, you got to read the last, Craven's Last Hunt. Did you read right. it? Uh, yeah, yeah I, I finished Craven's Last Hunt right before we pushed record, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and what was your, what's your initial reaction? My initial reaction is it, like, did you ever read uh, Superior Spider-Man? The storyline where uh, Spider-Man, or Dr. Octopus's brain went into Spider-Man's body and he became Spider-Man and Peter Parker died, quote-unquote, and Doc Ock in Peter's body decided he was going to become the superior Spider-Man, the better Spider-Man than Spider-Man was? Oh, okay. No, I know. I know they had a storyline where they switch brains or something like that. But yeah, every, that's, that's every time very I hear that, I think of vice versa. Yeah, that's very new. But this made me think of that because Craven's whole point was to be a superior. Even uses the word "superior Spider-Man" in that, that storyline a lot. That's probably where what, they got the initial idea. Right. Right. Yeah. Where uh, well, at least influenced. Definitely, because um, Craven does become a better Spider-Man than Spider-Man. Well, I mean, in his mind, at least. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Did you read that article I sent you about that this whole story? I didn't read it, and, no, because I, I hadn't Lin finished Wine. the story yet. This is Lynn Wine, Lynn Wayne, Lynn Wine. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he initially pitched it to somebody at Marvel for Wonder Man, and they were like, no. And he was glad that they did that because the story wasn't for, fully formulated and he wasn't ready to do it. And then he went and pitched it to DC for Batman, where his whole concept was like Joker accidentally kills Batman and the experience is so profound that it makes him sane. That'd be an interesting story. Then of course, you know, he comes, you know, Batman's not dead and it breaks him again. But um, Alan Moore was working on the killing joke. Oh. So they said no. And then he pitched it again to DC. Marvel. um, To Marvel. No, 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 no. To DC again. DC again? Twice? Yeah. Yeah. For, um, For Batman again. And it's in this, the whole thing's in the article. And oh, it said, wasn't Len uh, White. It was John Mark DeMantis. Was it DeMantis? Okay. Yeah, it was DeMantis who, who, who pitched, it, pitched it to him and stuff. Yeah. And then, um, and then finally he went to, then Marvel was like, yeah. And then he, they had a new character they wanted him to be instead of Craven. But then when he read up on Craven, he was like, it's got to be Craven. He just fits the mold. Right. And, um, and he really fits the mold for that story. I can't see it being anybody else. No, neither can I. And, that's uh, it, what I liked the best about it is it was it, it it was barely a Spider-Man story, you know. It wasn't. It's a Craven story with Spider-Man yeah. as a as a supporting character. And you see, that's the kind of stuff. It's like 
<clears throat> we talked about this whole like you know last time the renumbering of issues and the restarting of series and stuff like that. And this is why I don't like that because you have this great Craven story in the Amazing Spider-Man that you know if nowadays that would be a one you know a one shot or a mini series or something else outside of the main story story or the main comic right. runs. Right. Whereas here, people who are reading Spider-Man, they're they're buying their monthly comics and they're getting this like this great story that's Spider-Man based, but you know has more to yeah. it. But yeah. you wouldn't get today because today it's all you know they everything goes to a mini series or they reboot all the time. Well, I felt like it. When you read that story, you can feel, even though it is all about Craven, we've already gave away the ending on our last episode. But when you read it, you can feel the character depth of Spider-Man changes. It becomes deeper because the guy is sincerely scared of what's going on. You know, it was life changing for his character. So I thought it was cool. It was like, you don't see that. You don't get those many stories that do that very often. Not to that level. They're too, they're too worried about, honestly, I think the big two are too worried about making money than telling good stories. I mean, yeah. uh, with that being said, I mean, they, tell, they, do, they still do tell good stories, but the bottom line nowadays is, and it, only, it always has been kind of making money, but they're so worried about making the most bang for their buck. They reboot, they make number ones, they do special covers, they do variants, they do special issues, they do right, right. miniseries this, miniseries that. And it's like, come on, just pick your core comics, make those comics, tell great stories, people will buy them. What'd you think of the art? Uh, the art was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, who was um, the illustrator? On, uh, I don't think it was the same guy through all of it because they, they arced that across all the titles that Spider-Man had at the time. Amazing, I, Peter Parker, and Web of. Yeah, I think it's the same because um, looking at, I'm on Wikipedia, it credits the penciler as uh, just Mike Zek, one guy. Yeah. His, yeah. his uh, the art was fantastic. Yeah, it was so good. When you, first, I mean, you know. the first thing I commented on was, wow, the art in this book is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember when you sent me the um, Facebook post, you're like, or the instant message, you're like, wow, the, the art is well, ridiculous. Like, I've been, I, I've seen the, the, these issues before, right? You know, I, I've seen these covers and collecting and you know, going through comic boxes forever. I've always seen these covers and always thought they were really great, but I never read it. Yeah, right. But no, they, the art and the, throughout the whole series was just phenomenal yeah, spot the, on. a lot of times you get a book and the art inside doesn't match the art on the cover and, it, and, right. and that could be a multitude of things like different artists or whatever but most of the time the art on the cover outperforms the art inside can i say that right legitimate but this is not like that though everything through it is there's there's large enough panels that you're like that could be the cover if they wanted it to be like the the right, the, right. to me the shadowing of craven with the gun in his mouth when you don't actually see the gun in his mouth, you just see the shadow of the lightning striking in the, in the, against the window. You know what I'm talking right. about? And it's all in black and it just looked, I was like, that's conveying the message better than just see it, seeing it full bore. Like it's right in front of you. Oh, and there's, there's so much great storytelling in just the art. Like there, there's a part of me that was while reading the book and that uh, while reading, reading the, you know, the others, the whole thing is really filled with, Craven's thoughts. There's tons of dialogue box or yeah. narration boxes of, of Craven, and for some of those pages, I was part of it was like, well, even if these boxes weren't here, you wouldn't really need them to follow what's going on because the art, the pages are telling such a great story, right? And to some to some degree, I was I did think towards the end, like, well, these boxes, there's a lot of narration boxes going on. I think it was a little over narrated at some points, but it was good. It was it was a really good story. I'm glad you liked it. I was because to I me, was, that's my I wasn't expecting to kill at the end. I wasn't expecting him to kill himself again for some reason. <laughs> Even though I told you in the last episode. Right. <laughs> well, to be honest, I forgot. <laughs> oh, I thought maybe you were thinking, oh, he's lying to me. He just set me up to, to I, you know. No, I totally forgot. And say, oh, yeah. And it's like a movie that you're like, this could plausibly happen. And you're waiting and waiting. And then the movie ends. You're like, you dick. <laughs> well, it's like when I saw Star Wars Rogue One. I didn't expect the whole cast to die. <laughs> I know. I was kind of disappointed by that because I didn't. I, I wanted another movie with that cast, <laughs> right? But it doesn't make any sense because that 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 cast goes right, movie goes right into episode four. But yeah, I kind of expected. That, I expected like someone yeah, to make that it out. They didn't have to be main characters of the main storyline, but they could have survived getting the plans and dropping them off, and then you know what I mean, and be available for other adventures. Right. Not part of the arc of Luke of the Skywalkers. Because that's all that really is, is a Skywalker story, right? Right. And that, well, that's, Rogue One is the first non-Skywalker story, but they're still coming yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that whole movie, though, the payoff was Darth Vader at the end. 
Oh, that scene. That scene almost yeah. didn't happen, too. You know that? Really? How can you not have that scene? When you see it, you're like... That scene was shot last minute, and it was a last-minute addition saying, okay, we need... I think we should put some more Darth Vader in the movie. Okay, let's do this. And then they added it at the end. Well, I'm so glad they did, because I don't think yeah. I would have liked that movie half as much without that being well, there. That scene was... Yeah, that, that, that him just cutting the guys down with the lightsaber, just throwing them in the air. <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> he being a badass so without being a ninja flipping around like in the prequels. Yeah, I like how we always go off on tangents. But to put a bow on it, if you haven't read Craven's The Last Hunt, it's on Amazon Kindle for like $3.50 trade paperback. Oh, damn. So you can, yeah, you can, you can read it right off your Kindle. Um, also, if, if you have Marvel Unlimited, I think it's one of the, one of the stories you get with Marvel Unlimited, too. Yeah, I think there's like like 20,000 different titles or some some crazy like that, isn't it? Right. Yeah, I kind of want to well, subscribe. I kind of want to sign up for that just so I have check. a bunch of books. Yeah, we'll fact check that one, but it's 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 a lot of books. But definitely if you haven't read it, it's one of the best Spider-Man stories ever told, I think. Well, I mean, it's it's an yeah, it's best non-Spider-Man Spider-Man story because it's, it's really right. about Craven and the backup story about Vermin, which was well, one of the greatest stories that involves Spider-Man ever told. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Vermin was a great addition to it. I mean, he was creepy, and he's eating people, and it's like, right. oh. And like the way, the way the way what, what got me is the way Craven used Vermin in the last, or in issue five, yeah. uh, to kind of see his point to Spider-Man, basically saying, look, I, I bested the beast. I'm gonna release him, and you're free to go. And I'm not gonna hunt anymore. You're go, go do your thing. Like, I'm better than you. I did this. Now shove off. <laughs> right, right. It just took him like, you know, what was it, 20 years to do it? Right. I think was it Craven's first appearance is, I think it's Amazing Spider-Man number 15. So that would be like what 64, 65, somewhere around there. So that, and I think that was 1988, 1987. Yeah. So it's, 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 it took him. Made Spider Man fifteen when he first appeared, yeah. Yeah. So it took him a while. <laughs> it took him a while. Yeah. I mean Spider Man can be like, whatever, dude. I bested you like a hundred times, but you know. One out of a hundred. Okay. <laughs> I'll give it to you. And you still didn't kill me, so <laughs> Yeah. But it was dude, the scene where he shoots Spider Man after getting him in the net. Right. And he's like, What are you doing? His face is different. He's you know what I mean? You're yeah. you're just like it's coming and and I remember being like 13 years old and I was a huge Spider-Man and fan at that time. You know what I mean? That was my, that was what I collected more than anything else. Right. And I just remember seeing that scene going, I, I almost, I almost thought he really killed him. <laughs> you, you know, even though, you know, he's not, he's not really killed him. You know what I mean? Cause it's Spider-Man. Right. It's Peter Parker. But at the same time, you're like, it was so, it was done in such a dramatic fashion in such a great way that, you know, I can't, I would do that as a movie and call it Craven and make it rated R because you can't have that scene. You can't have that last scene no. with, with him and not have it. It's too violent. And, and, and plus the whole concept of vermin eating people. It's too, it's too right. violent. You have to be rated R. It's not about the language because you don't have to have any language throughout the whole thing. Right. You know what I mean? It's be the violence on there. Now, if they, if they, if they made a movie out of it, like the best way to make that, make the movie and have it be, you know, good would call be, it Spider-Man. I wouldn't even call it a Spider-Man movie. I'd call it Craven. No. But what you'd have to do is you'd have to have have Craven introduced in a Spider-Man film, right? Yeah. As a character, and then then after you know have Spider-Man maybe Spider-Man two you introduce Craven as a secondary character somehow, right? And then right. Spider-Man three comes out, then you release Craven with Spider-Man. But it doesn't really matter for Spider-Man because it's mostly it's mostly going to be all Craven. I mean, Spider-Man's going to be in the, the beginning and the end of the movie. That's it. Kind of like how you use Batman. In Suicide Squad. Right, exactly. Yeah, but a little bit, I mean, a little bit more because he is, I mean, it's just, it's kind of funny because Craven becomes the protagonist and Spider-Man the antagonist during that during that whole struggle. Right. It's the all in could, Craven's mind. The movie could be good. They'd have to do less narration of it and more. No, you could do it totally like um, Gumshoe style. Like the director's cut of Blade Runner where you hear Harrison Ford narrate yeah. the movie as a gumshoe and I you could totally do it, and I mean, obviously he's not a gumshoe, but I mean, you could do it in that, that style of of narration, and it would it would work. I think it would work because you have to hear those inner thoughts. Yeah, you do. I mean, you're right because he goes through and and they kind of build up to the end like without without those. And they thoughts, build up the, the whole thing. You know that something's going to happen because if you go back, being older now and reading it and not having more of an understanding of what he's saying, 
you know, he talks about his mother and they're saying that she was insane and that she killed herself. And he's saying that she didn't, but really she probably did kill herself. Right. You know what I mean? Because to him, it was an acceptable exit. You know, the funny thing is, is you can feel that Craven feels like Spider-Man is his greatest enemy. And Spider-Man's like, whatever, dude, you're not even, you're not even Doc Ock, you know? Yeah, you're not even top 10, man. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and but then now at the end you can tell that the way they—I mean, I don't know—they conveyed emotion so well in the art that you could feel that what Craven was saying at the end of him being um, submissive in a way kind of made sense. Yeah, like I completely bested you in everything. Right. You know. It's, you know, and to him, to him, even though he, you know, even in the end, Spider-Man goes off and Craven was laying in a coffin. Craven, in his. Well, his mind or what's left of his mind, he shot himself. Uh, he won. You know, he had. Yeah. He got what he wanted. And so he he won. It's it was interesting. But, it's interesting because it's it's, it's funny. It's kind of like a taking my ball and going home attitude, though. Right. right. I finally won one game. I'm good. I'm never playing you again. Exactly. So I, I bested you 100 times. I win the the last game we'll ever play. Right. <laughs> it's like the it's like the 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 child's way out. You know, I'm done. Yeah. I'm playing again. Yeah. Right, <laughs> but it's done so well, and I yeah. and I know I read an article that they redid this story in a Batman series, but I cannot find it, and so I don't. I want to find it because I know I read that. I was like, oh, I want to go read that, and then I can, now I can't find it. So it's like either I'm making it up in my own mind because I want him to do it with Batman, or someone was relaying the initial story that Demodis is it Demodis? How do you say it? How do you say his name? You, you know, him, the writer, Demodis. Yeah, it, maybe they're recounting his his story with what how he wanted to do it with the Joker and Batman, which would be amazing too. But I'm glad they did it with Spider Man. No, it makes honestly it makes more sense being Spider Man and and Craven because Joker killing Batman would unless they were like you said unless they were spending the time going down the rabbit hole of how this mentally affected Joker in a bad way, it wouldn't it'd be out of character because Joker's not going to kill Batman. Right. I, I've read online because. I mean, you know my feelings about the story. I think it's the best one in all the comic books for Spider-Man. I think this is—I think this is the the pinnacle of of what a character like that can be like or provide a, a backdrop for. Right. Did a little research and, and listened to some people's reviews, and I found that either people really like it, think it's the, one of the best, or they don't like it. I can and see the people that. who don't, yeah, the people who don't like it, it's it's more about the fact that it's too dark to be a Spider-Man story. Yeah. It's definitely, it's dark. And a part of me is like, well, that's what makes it so good because if it's not dark, you're not developing the character any more than what he is. Right. And you look you at have any, to have stories like this that create depth. Exactly. If you look at any series, any long-running series, you look at the storylines that are considered to be the best storylines or be the ones that people should read, they're the ones that break the norm. They're the ones that, that take the, the status quo of what you're used to being in that comic book and twist it a little bit. Like this one took, I mean, in my opinion, what this one did is it took the, you're used to reading Spider-Man stories. Spider-Man's, you know, generally a happier character. He's making quibs, making jokes all the time, doing his right. thing. And they took it and they dropped it down to be darker, removed Spider-Man from it and replaced him. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, see, because if I was a writer, if I was a comic writer and they said, hey, we want you to write Spider-Man. I would be reading these types of storylines and I would incorporate the fear that he because you know now he should have a fear of tight spaces, a fear of the dark in some ways, you know, especially right. in a tight spot. And I would I would use that, you know, it, I would call that back and have him have a panic attack and he'd be like, oh my god! And then all these images start coming back of what happened during this during this time, and then right. it, that would, that would be cool. I think I think that would be like, oh, all of a sudden now your character has flaws and can become more relatable in a way that's not there most of the time right i don't know i haven't i haven't as you know i haven't read much spider-man stuff i've read a you know a couple yeah. stories here and there but uh of the ones i have read this one's very different you know like we said for, for those reasons right when you like maximum carnage but that's yeah, a love, typical spider-man story it is i mean I it's love, different because you have the, uh, casey is that his name the the red carnage guy uh yeah cassidy cassidy because he's he he isn't it the whole concept is him and Eddie were in jail, right? And a piece of venom yeah. connects it's, in with Cassidy. Yeah, Carnage is a spawn of venom. I think he was an, actually I think it was an experiment. They took part of Venom's body, I think. I'm gonna look it up. It's been I haven't read that story since the nineties. Well, there you go. But it's but but Spider Man through that story is still a pretty much a typical Spider Man. 
right? Right. I liked it because it was Spider-Man and Venom had to team up. Oh, yeah, Cle- yeah Cletus Cassidy was Cletus Cassidy uh, was uh, the guy before he was Carnage. Right. And he's just insane, right? Yeah, he's just completely killer. insane. He's a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's a that's a good review of of Craven's Last Hunt. Go read it. Yeah, the symbiote. This, it's the symbiote for uh, Carnage mutated in his blood and then made him red and carnage and they did a 14 part story arc, which I think was, yeah, it was all over everything. <laughs> Spider-Man. Of course. Oh, all yes. Spider-Man titles. Yeah. Spider-Man unlimited web of Spider-Man, amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. You know what? In the late eighties and into the nineties, Spider-Man as a comic book character in the comic books got really big. I mean, he was already, he's always going to be big. He was already big, but they had an explosion of titles. Yeah, they had, five, they had five ongoing titles at this time in 1993 for Spider-Man. Yeah, and through the 80s, it was just three. It was Amazing Spider-Man, Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man, and Web of Spider-Man. Right. But Web ended after, like, not very many issues. Web? I want to say, like, 87 issues. It wasn't like, I don't think it made it to 100 issues. No, it did. It made 129. That's 129? It was close. Uh, yeah, 129, that's your favorite number. Oh, shut up. <laughs> with, with two annuals. But, yeah. Yeah, there you go. They don't do they do annuals very much anymore. I don't remember. DC does. I see them every once in a while. I, I don't like think Mar- there was a Thor oh, annual last year. Maybe they do. I mean, they don't. I don't know. Sometimes, like like with New Fifty Two, I mean, the first year they did, right. The first year for New Fifty Two for DC, they did annuals. I think the second year they skipped it, and the third year they did them again. It's like there's New Fifty Two is five years long, but they did, they didn't do five annuals for the comics, you know. Right. And not all comics like do annuals. annuals. I did too because they were like they were just taking the character stuff for that year, pulling it out of the main continuity and telling telling fun stories. Yeah, and they'd be longer. You know what I mean? They'd be a little bit more expensive, but not too much more. And right. they'd be a thick, but they'd be you get like twice the comic. Yeah, yeah so, I miss that. I wish they would do something more like that. And they do. They just don't do them very often. Speaking of things they should do again, we should talk about Mar- go back to Marvel Legacy again. Talk about the renumbering. I. uh Tagged you in a post today on Facebook about the the numbering for for Hulk. Yeah, I didn't get what you were saying with the number one through six because I thought they had. Oh, let me, let me pull it up. I didn't, again. I didn't understand what you're saying. I mean, I, okay. I saw it. I, I read it. So Incredible Hulk had its first issue. They had, had its first six issues as Great Hulk, and then it went into Hulk went into Tales to Astonish, right? Okay, so they had. Let me, let me repeat what you just said. The first six issues was the Hulk or the Incredible Hulk. Was it just Correct. the Hulk? It was Incredible and, Hulk. And he, okay, the Incredible Hulk, and he was gray. Right. I don't know. If some people might not know that, but he was gray at the very, very, very beginning. He was gray because it cost too much to, because it was it was more expensive to print print green. And then they went into the Tales astonishing astonish. tales, tales to astonish, and he became yes. green, and he was green from there on out. But they stopped the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk at number six. Right. So here's what they did. So originally they did Incredible Hulk one through six. He went in the Tales to Astonish. Tales to Astonish. He went. He was in Tales to Astonish like for like fifty eight issues. With um, Submariner, I think it was. And then uh, at issue 101, they ended Tales to Astonish and they started Incredible Hulk at 102. So Incredible Hulk took over to Tales to Astonish numbering right there. So what so Marvel. You have, you have Hulk 1 through 6, then Tales right. to Astonish up to 101. Right. And then Incredible Hulk started up again at 102. Correct. In, in 1968. Yeah. Wow. So, but what Marvel because Marvel Legacy, they're trying to go back and they're renumber, they're they're going through counting all the series and starting not new, but going back to the old numbering, right? But for Incredible Hulk, what they've done is they have ignored Incredible Hulk one through six, not in their counting system at all, just ignored it. Instead, they've taken all of Tales to Astonish one through one hundred one, which he's only in about ha- a little more than half of those issues, and counted that as the first hundred hundred one issues, and then Incredible Hulk one hundred two through four seventy four. They are, is counted, and then the nineteen ninety nine Hulk series one through eleven count as four seventy five through four eighty five. Incredible Hulk in two thousand, uh, which was which was issue number twelve through one twelve, because they renamed Hulk to Incredible Hulk counts for issues four eighty six through five eighty six, so hundred issues there. And then in 08, they restarted Hulk again, so one through twelve of that series counts as five eighty seven through five ninety eight. And then in two thousand nine, a year later, this is what I'm talking about with Marvel. Fuck them. A year later, they restarted it again. What the fantastic? but here. Oh, here's here. Listen to this, though. They restarted it again, but they went back at this point in 09. They went back to their old numbering, but they can't count. So issue 599 or issue 600, I mean, that they printed is actually issue 599, according to this counting. So Incredible Hulk 09 issues 600 through 635 now count as issues 599 through 634. <laughs> and then two years later in 2011, they rebooted again. 
to make Incredible Hulk 1 through 15, which now count for 635 through 649. And then in 2013, so two years later, they made Indestructible Hulk issues 1 through 20. Those are now 650 through 669. And then a year later, they rebooted again into Hulk 1 through 16, which now count for 670 through 685. And then in 2016, so two years after they rebooted the first one, they made Totally Awesome Hulk, which has had 23 issues, which now count for... 686 through 708. So now they're going to make Hulk, Incredible Hulk 709. Oh my God. That's just ridiculous. This is my problem with Marvel. You see how they went? They went up until 1999 with basically one Hulk series. And then since 99, so in the last 17 years, there's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different Hulk series that they I don't understand. He had tradition of half a century of these numberings. And you go and you do all these reboots and renumber. Okay, fine. But why not in the fine print? You know, when you open up that first page right. and it's got all that fine. Keep the numbering in that fine print. Right. They should do that always. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> then you can pull it out and say, well, we've been keeping track of the numbers the whole time and we're actually on this issue. Because, like, I don't know if you remember, like, in, I think it was 2014, they did the 700th issue of Spider Man. Yep. They did the same, same garbage. And it's just like, pfft. I mean, if unless you've kept track in some fashion, like like how I just suggested, then really, if you want to restart the legacy numbers, you should just start after the last issue that you stopped printing. So if right. your last print, printed number was three ninety nine, your next one would be four hundred. And right, they, they the want to count. They want to count all the stuff in between. Which I, I don't, honestly, I don't blame them. They. And part of me thinks, yes, it should be counted because if they hadn't renumbered and rebooted, those would have been the Hulk issues or whatever issues the storyline they're going for. But this this right here, this shows the problem with these with rebooting your series every year, every two years. I mean, in a, in, a, in less than they 20 years, shot. they've rebooted eight times, yeah. eight freaking times. Yeah, they should be shot for that kind of stuff. Cause it's and just lame, may, especially well, people who collect like us that want to have, yeah. you know what I mean? That It's kind of cool to go back and... You're meeting somebody who's 19 years old and he's or 15 years old or whatever, you know, a younger guy, a younger kid that's into the, you know, just started collecting and you like show him your collection and you're, you're back on, you know, number 100 all the way to 393. And he's excited because he has 393 to 400 or something. You know what I mean? Right. Well, this, this doing this, all this rebooting they've done, it really destroys like the, like you said, the collector mentality. It's like, you know, having number one doesn't mean anything anymore. Oh, I have Hulk number one. Okay, which one do you have? You know, what volume do you have? Right. It's it's well, what's dumb is a lot of these a lot of these reboots here. It's the story is continuing over, or like this. It's not like a whole new thing. The story it's it's the same Hulk. It's the it, same story. They can <laughs> stuff though. Yeah, like, they, they do. Can can, in, they can yeah. in a lot of stuff when they re when they reboot. Oh, they do. They, every, every, everything is canon. They, they don't take things out of canon when they reboot. It's all the same, and. What what's irritating is like people gave DC so much shit in 2011 for doing New 52 for you know doing the reboot thing, and then so much shit for Rebirth too. And it's like okay, that's fine, but how many times has Marvel freaking done this shit? It's, it's confusing as hell. Right. Right. Wait. I just wish they they picked their fucking way and stay with it. With DC's renumbering, you said they did it for was it Crisis? So for Crisis, what they did. In '87, um, they did yeah, the whole Crisis of the Earth, yeah, Flash number one, right? But the, that Flash series gave us Zoom, I think it was, right? It gave us, it gave us, it gave us, well, it gave us Zoom, it gave us, oh, Professor Zoom, it gave us, uh, um, Impulse, it gave us a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I mean, there was yeah. good stuff in that series, but Some good stuff also, there. but wait, wait, let me, let me, let me finish my thought. Okay, so you have Crisis, and then some new, new some renumbering happened. Then you have right. the new Fifty Two. But didn't they do a renumbering between New 52 and the Rebirth when they collapsed the multiverse? Didn't that restart that was, a bunch of titles? That was Crisis. Crisis, crisis collapsed the multiverse. But that was in the 80s, right? And, yeah, 87. No, no, no. They just, re- they just did a collapse of the, of the multiverse two years ago. Right. They brought it back. So, 80, so there, was, there was a multiverse, right? DC yeah. had an uh, infinite number of, of, of worlds with all these crazy stories. They decided, no, we want to tell tighter stories in one main universe. Right. Crisis, infinite, crisis on Infinite Earths happened. All the universes came together. Big uh, Infinite Crisis or something like that? Infinite Crisis but, happened a little Yeah, so I'll get to that. So Crisis on Infinite Earths happened. Barry Allen sacrificed himself to stop the worlds from ending. 
Then we had basically Earth Prime, right, which was our Earth or the, or the main Earth of the DC universe. Then they that, that's when the Superman rebooted with John Bryan taking over. Uh, Flash rebooted, uh, Green Lantern rebooted, Wonder Woman rebooted. Batman did not reboot. Batman stayed the same. Right. Um, Action stayed the same. Detective stayed the same. And some other series has stayed similar. But the other members that weren't Batman, they all got rebooted. Some series got new series. They introduced new characters. Flash forward to the early 2000s. They did Infinite Crisis, which was similar but different. It was they had they had, they had slowly been introducing back in the multiverse, and they brought them. Then they got rid of them again. And then in the new 52, they did multiverse, multi, was it multiversity, multiversity, multi, multiversity, I think it was, where they reintroduced all the different parallel Earths because there's, there's a lot of fun to be having in those storylines. But you also got to remember that between those, the two big, basically the two big reboots in DC Universe, right? The 87 and 2011, that's a 24 year gap in reboots, <laughs> you know? Right. Now, right. they did have series that were like, you know, for that time frame, you know, Wonder Woman stayed the same, right? They did re. There was a 2009, like they ended Wonder Woman, brought it back to number 109, and then put it back to normal numbering after like 30 issues, something like that. They put it back to that original numbering. They did that. But like Superman and Flash in those series, they, you know, they didn't, you know, reboot them with number ones at all in that, in that 24 year period. Uh, right. Green Lantern, Green Lantern did get rebooted, but because Green Lantern, they, they changed Green Lantern. I don't know if you know much about how that story went, but the first, only the first 50 issues dealt with how Jordan after that, Green Lantern was Kyle Reiner for the next 200 issues or so. Oh. Same with Flash. Flash wasn't Barry Allen. Flash was Wally West for all those issues. So when yeah. they brought back Hal Jordan and they brought back Wally or uh, Barry Allen, they had they did uh, rebirth, Green Lantern Rebirth and Flash Rebirth, and then they, those two series just started back in number one because it was the original character coming back to the storyline where the last 20 years had been other characters. Because people right. like those those characters. Oh, I love Kyle like, Reiner. Yeah, but Kyle Reiner is that is he the is is he the black guy that's no that's military? John that's John Stewart. I like John Stewart. Yeah, Kyle There's Reiner the, was an artist. His attitude for what the Green Lantern is supposed to be was more spot on than Hal Jordan. Right. So Kyle Reiner was like he was an artist. He was he's he's the one. He's the White Lantern. He's the one who can hold all the rings. Right. But have you seen the new the new character that they introduced? The new Green Lantern? No, it's not a Green Lantern. He's he's a lantern, but it's like all the colors or something like that. So the, all the colors lantern is the White Lantern, who is Kyle Rayner or Reiner. I can't. It's, I pronounce uh, it either it, way. It was just it was just a couple months ago they introduced a new Lantern guy. I have it. I'll I'll, I'll look it up. I'm I'm not a big Lan- Green Lantern fan. I mean, I liked John Stewart because I just thought he was a cool. I just liked the, the attitude how they how they portrayed his attitude. You know, right? But. I don't know, man. The whole powering thing, and then they're making constructs, constructs of their powering. So I love. I like. Does, the, I don't know. I think as an I artist, like you probably like that because you know right. you can do whatever you want. But when I'm reading it, I just like I'm already in a, sus- a, a suspended state of disbelief, right? And it just pushes it too much for me. Well, what gets me? So I like Green Lantern, but there's so when they did Green Lantern became really popular. When they did Blackest Night, Brightest Day, or Brightest Day, I can't remember what order they went in, but the Brightest Day, Blackest Night storylines, which are two really big DC Universe storylines that focus on all the Green Lantern stuff, brought in the other characters as well, like Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman are all in it and stuff. Basically, after they brought Hal Jordan back and they had they, uh, Jeff Johns took over Green Lantern, became super popular with these storylines. And if you haven't read them, if you haven't read you know Brightest Day, Blackest Night, or Blackest Night, Brightest Day, you should. But you should also realize you're giving yourself a commitment because you're going to be reading a lot of books, but it's well worth it. It's probably one of it's one of the better, larger stories to be put out by either company in the last like twenty years, right? Yeah. It's, and I, I mean larger, I mean more than twenty issue story. It's a huge event because right. it takes it has it has its own series. It crosses over into all the Green Lantern titles. There's um they they released a bunch of like character specific miniseries for it. Like Wonder Woman has a Blackest Night issues one through three storyline, which deals with just her during Blackest Night and all this stuff. But if you read the whole thing, you're looking at like, I don't know, maybe a hundred issues to read. I I'm just guessing. I don't I don't honestly know. But it's a big read. But I mean, it's really good, especially if you read all the supplemental stuff. You get this really big universe. I mean, it's it leads up into Flash's Flashpoint, which leads up into New Fifty Two. It's really good. Right. Yeah, and check it out. That's kind of where they introduced all the other Lantern cores. You read Craven's Last Hunt, so I think I'll have to read Kingdom Come. 
Oh, Kingdom Come. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, we can talk about that one because that that's that's so good. <laughs> well, that'll be the next one. I I'll I'll, um, I'll read. I'm actually going back and reading uh, Wolverine again, the the miniseries. Oh, that's a good one too. It's pretty good. I mean, it's not as good as people make it out to be, though. No, that's because sure. it's it's definitely dated, you know. And I think people my age would would always enjoy it because they read it, especially if they if they're you know geeks like you and I that read it back then probably still like it because it was such a groundbreaking character really i don't know they you know they did the uh, the movie based off of it loosely but it's but i didn't realize that the scene with the bear in the movie was it's in the it's in the comic book and it's it's not i mean it's not exactly the same but it's pretty it's pretty close and it's pretty good and it made me appreciate the movie actually a little bit more you know what i mean right reading the comic book i'm like wow this is so dated but reading Craven's last hunt and comparing the two, like, I feel like that Spider-Man story will, will stand, will stand the test of time. Right. I'll right. be 60 years old and I'll read it and I'll be like, that's still a really good story where Wolverine is kind of like, oh, it's really dated. It is dated. And I think that that miniseries gets more praise than it actually deserves as far as being revolutionary for Wolverine. I actually think it's just because of the character. Right. I actually think the stuff Larry, Larry Hammond did in the, the mid run of Wolverine, the, like 30s through 50s somewhere in there is actually more telling to building that character up for what he eventually became. Yeah. 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 So I just, I just looked it up to read all of brightest day. Yeah. You're reading, you're reading roughly 150 issues of comics to get the whole, Holy get crap. all of it. Now that's, there's 25 issues in the main, in the main story. But if you want to read all the supplemental books and all the books it ties into, it's 150 issues. You know, I was just, I was just thinking now that I really think about it, I don't really mind the reboots as long as it's for creating consistency in the timelines. You know what I mean? Right. Because you have so, I mean, you think about it. How many writers have written for Superman or written for Batman? Or written oh, so for many. The, yeah, or written for the X-Men. It's rare that you have somebody like a Claremont that was on it for 10 years or 15 years or whatever it was. When right. Now, see, I, I don't know. It just, it's, I still don't like it. It still bothers me. Maybe a better way of doing it would be using the annuals to retcon stuff and to fix timelines. Yeah, I, I, that'd be fine. I, I just think I'm a firm believer that if you have a series with a character that's a legacy character or a character that's still the test of time and is still around 10, 20 years later, when you're doing a disservice to your fans and to your character by constantly rebooting number one and starting new series yeah. Yeah, that that's don't, true, that's true. you know, it's, it's much, it's, go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say it's much, it's, it's much more beneficial to everybody involved if the number the, the main like the main comic has you know numbers that make sense <laughs> right yeah yeah that's that's true that's true you know it's so funny we always talk about well maybe we should talk about this we always end up talking about comic books because we we're just such we just love it we just love the medium so much that we just we want it to do well we want it to people to be into it and not go oh you read comic books you're, you're a dork it's like really if you actually sat and read some of these books you'll be blown away stuff. Uh, yeah, there's stuff. some great stuff. And it's a real, I mean, that form, I mean, you can go back to cave paintings and picture form of, of art, what I mean art, by storytelling through pictures, you know. I mean, that goes on and on for a long time. But I believe the whole superhero and what DC and Marvel and Image to a point and DC's vertical line and all them really are a real true American type of art form. You know what I mean? I put it up there with jazz, right? Where it is, it is. You get that 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 sense of where of what happens is um, it's unique, you know. And 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 you can it's not the same as watching TV or watching a movie or even reading a book because it's taking a visual media and a writing a literature media, you know, text is what I'm trying to say there, and putting those two together in in, in a way that just I don't know. The stuff you can convey is just different, and it is. It's it's the same reason why you won't have you won't have a comic book that translates perfectly to a movie, yeah. right? Or a comic book that translates to a book. I, I know you could do it because I mean you kind of have your setup for every shot, like M Night Shyamalan, who me and my brother always say Shyamalan Ding Dong because we love his name. <laughs> I mean, we really we love his name. That's why we say that. He produces a comic for every movie that he shoots. That's how he sets his shots up. Yeah, they draw story, out comic form. They storyboard yeah. it out. And that's what you're doing is you're storyboarding it out. But, you know, I kind of liked it when I thought about, like, the X-Men when they did the movies and everybody was, and there was, 
hardcore group that was upset about the costumes, right? I know. I remember that. But I was like, man, you can't do those because I'm sorry. Wolverine's costume, whether yellow, black, or brown, would look ridiculous. So here's the thing. You just couldn't take it seriously. You couldn't do that 18 years ago when that came out. But I honestly think now in the in the state that comic book movies are now, you could do a version of that costume and it and p- people would accept it. You think? I don't know, man. I just I'm thinking about seeing it on screen and he's larger in life and you know think who about, they originally you know they were gonna do an X Men movie back in the eighties. You know who was supposed to be Wolverine? Who? Danny DeVito. <laughs> you think about it. You think about it. Uh, he's the right height. <laughs> he's perfect for that role. He's he's got great attitude, right? He's got that very distinct voice, and he's the right height, and he's stocky, and he would have been perfect for it. No, actually, it's yeah, kind actually, of funny. Actually it's would've, hilarious. That would have been great. You know, I would, I'd watch. Is like what? He's like six two. He's like ten feet tall. You know what I mean? Comparatively to what Wolverine's supposed to be, Wolverine is short and stocky. Yep. Not some, you know. And now you look at comic books. He's tall. Like, he's tall. He's taller because the com- the movie has influenced the comic book, and it should well, it's be like the other way around. After they did the movie, uh, they did New X Men, like one thirteen. It was where they yeah. put all the X Men into the basically the movie costumes. Yeah, I was like, Ugh. I mean, fine, but come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's the, Marvel's bad yeah. about Marvel's bad about taking what they do in the movies and putting it in the comic books. Like, well, Marvel is turning it back. Yeah, Marvel does too much. They play the PC game too much. Right. They make things there to appease a large groups of people. And some of it makes sense. Like some of that kind of stuff makes sense. Like the Marvel, the you know what makes Miss Marvel right? It's not. It can move from character to character. Right. Correct. Am I right in saying that that the power of Miss Marvel uh, doesn't always have to stay with whoever it is? No. Um, the very so the current Miss Marvel is Kamala Khan, who is a who's a shapeshifter, and she took up the name Miss Marvel when Carol Dan Carol Dan not Danvers Carol. Oh, I think something. it is Carol Danvers. I think you're. I think you're right. Yeah, Carol. Yeah, okay. Because her, her and Supergirl have the same last name, which is really weird. Because Kara Danvers and Carol Danvers. Yeah, when she, Carol Danvers. When, when she became Captain Marvel, Kamala Khan was a huge fan of uh, of her, and oh, took, that how they did it? took up the name Miss Marvel in uh, like honor of her. She's a totally different character, totally different power set, but took the name uh, Miss Marvel and made it her own. Because I thought Miss Marvel got her power from like an alien. Uh, she got her par- powers from Captain Marvel through some sort of rape and rebirth. It's really, really sticky how it happened. No, I. She was raped. Had to, I believe she was raped, or she had coerced sex no, with an that, alien. I have no. I have that title. Remember, I sent it to you, and you're like, I was like, this is really weird. That's the one where the guy is from like another dimension, and yeah. then he gets her to go to his dimension or something, and then he rapes her, and then she right. comes back. And then she gives birth to him, and then they fall in is love, that, and then they that, get married or something. <laughs> that's not how she, but that's not how she gets powers. She gets right. She gets powers from Captain Marvel. Her powers come from Captain from the the male Captain Marvel. Uh, okay, yeah, I but think. they killed I him off, right? He's yeah, dead. They, He's gone. Yeah, he was he wasn't popular, so they killed him off. You know, did you know that Carol never Danvers, come back? No, he has not. She uh, was so no. much more more popular. She was more popular back in the seventies with her title with her title Miss Marvel. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, she's so. The point is, it's just, I mean, the point I'm saying is that he's never come back because it's rare that a, a comic book character doesn't come back after dying. Right. Unless you're Uncle right. Ben. There's only a f- yeah, Uncle Ben and maybe Captain Marvel. Batman's Who else parents. has Batman's parents? But they Although, kind of brought back Thomas Wayne. In an in Infinite Crisis. In a I mean, yeah, yeah. But still. But they still bring him into storylines. This is true. Although I would be so cool to do if they did a Thomas Wayne uh, Batman movie with uh, Jeff, was it uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan who played Thomas Wayne in BVS as Batman? Uh, That'd be so badass. He, he could, could do it. it. Yeah. He actually somebody somebody asked him about it and he says like fuck I'll do it whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll do whatever you know. Which he was he was the comedian in Watchmen, right? Yep. He's comedian he's like, Watchmen. He's he's in The Walking Dead right now. As, yeah, he's um, Negan. He's Negan. He was uh, he's the dad on Supernatural. Yeah, he was the dad on Supernatural the first what season, and they came back for like the third season, yeah. I think. And that was he's, he's he's good. He's a good actor. I like him. Yeah, he's really good. He's he's like one of the guys that he's in a movie. You're like, okay, well, I'll watch it if if, if Dean Martin's yeah. in it. If uh, I'll give it a chance. 
if they end up doing Flashpoint with, in the DC movies, and they, if, if they did a section where it was like talking, about, you know, the Thomas Wayne section as Batman, and they got him to do it, that'd be just such fan service. It'd be cool. Dude, I was excited for Flashpoint on the Flash, the TV show, and then they did it, and I was just like, it wasn't the same. It wasn't, yeah, it was such a letdown. I mean, I mean, it was still cool for because they only can only do so much. But yeah, it was so cool. At the same but it time, it's like it's such a major event in comic book history. You know, well, what if I mean? you watch if you watch the cartoon, the cartoon's pretty good. The cartoon movie they did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie was pretty good. Yeah, but they could bring in. They didn't have to worry about licensing. And they didn't have to worry about all that stuff, right? They could bring in everybody. That's the one thing Warner Brothers really has a, a good key over Marvel that they didn't sell out all their characters. Well, they 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 do put embargoes on characters. Like for the longest time, there was an embargo on Batman ever being on a TV show because of the Batman movies, as yeah. well as Superman. Like they didn't want even with Smallville, they didn't want him in costume for various reasons. But they didn't want Superman on screen because they were working on Superman movies. They didn't want Batman on screen on TV screens because they were doing Batman movies. They didn't want confusion. But with the success of Flash and Green Arrow and their decision yeah. to not integrate those two shows, which they should have, into right. the DC movies. From what I've heard is since they added Superman to Supergirl, they've greenlit basically them to use any characters they want on, in that universe. Dude, I gotta tell you, man, when we when we finally go and watch Justice League and we see the guy playing the Flash, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> but I just can't help but go, why the hell are you not just using the, Grant the guy... Yeah, Grant Gustav, who is amazing as the Flash. You you have a built-in audience that already loves him. Yeah, and he's a great actor. He could he has a multitude of talents. He can sing. He can dance. He can act can serious. Act. You can, he's believable yeah. as the Flash already. Right. Why would you not use him? I don't understand. And incorporate that into the TV show to a level that makes sense. You right. Know what I mean. I mean, even 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 if they didn't want to include the TV show at all and just make it different, just still use him. He's great. He's he's so. But they don't have to incorporate into the TV show itself. I'm just saying having the elements of the that it's the same timeline, and they can still talk about it on the TV show. You know what Uh, I mean? And say you you know kind kind of like when he takes off and he's in Supergirl's multiverse universe. You know they. There's just so, so much you could do with it. It doesn't make any sense, and I think they're just missing because because Marvel's killing them on on the on movies, but yeah. they're doing re- they're holding their own on TV. I, I still don't think they're at the level of like what Netflix is doing, right? Because Netflix Daredevil is ridiculously good. It's so I, I think, and if, and you, like if you don't count Jessica Netflix Jones. shows, yeah, if you don't count Netflix shows, um, DC right. DC is killing Marvel right. on TV shows. Right. On broadcast TV, Dude, but as far as quality, this year's Gotham. I did not. I'm. I, I haven't uh, even finished season one of Gotham. Oh my god, dude! It is so fun. It is so much fun, and they're getting ready. I mean, it's got to be coming close. If they don't do it the next two years, they got to be doing getting getting ready to do year one. He so is there, so well, close. There's there's actually a, a fun fan theory that people are throwing around about Gotham that I read, that yeah. it's not actually the tale of Batman. It's the tale of Owlman. From the from the crime syndicate. Yeah, no, but all right. That, that that he's actually growing to be the evil Bruce Wayne. Well, they, no, they introduced the clone already. The evil no, Bruce no, Wayne is already there. Right? No, 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 not 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 like that. But I'm saying like in, in the it's it's a fan. It's not real. It's a fan theory, right? But oh. they're saying instead of him being instead of him growing up to become Batman, he's going to grow up to become Owlman with the crime syndicate versus with the Justice League. No. It's an it's an interesting read. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, but no way, because it's so to, much fun. I need to watch, dude. I need to watch it. Playing the Riddler is so good. Yeah, and the guy playing the Penguin, even though he's not fat, you're just like he's so good. Right. You know? I, I, I was worried at first. Like I was like, why is this guy not fat? Penguin's supposed to be right. short and fat, not tall and lanky, but it works. It worked. Right. Yeah, because the guy because the actor's so good. Yeah, the actor's great, and like the whole cast is. I mean, I've only, I've only watched I've watched the first probably. Two thirds of the first season. So I'm almost done with the first season, and I That's really enjoyed it. You don't have to. I don't think you should worry so much about somebody's skin color in the movies, right? Because if the best person, yeah, if the best person, the best actor for the role is whoever he is, then that's who you should use. You know? The only the only time I would the the only time I disagree with that is if the person's skin color and ethnicity plays a part in who the character is, right? Like Black Panther is the king of a country in Africa. He shouldn't well, be an sure, Asian guy or I mean, a white guy, yeah. right? 
Like, yeah, that's very rare. But if, if if the backstory of the character involves a certain place, the character should probably be from that place. But otherwise, you know, anything else, I mean, who gives a shit if they're white, black, Asian, Mexican? Who cares? If they're the best for the role, that's there's fine. Only, it's, you know, there's, there's only a few characters that I, I, I can't have them change their background or their ethnicity. I just can't. Right. I, I can't see um, them changing Superman. No, I, I just can't. I mean, uh, would I like riot or or cry about it? No, you know what I mean. And, and no, I'd still and, I'd still watch it. I I, I still, still watch think, it, and I'd probably yeah. really enjoy it. I'm, you know what I mean? Right. But Superman Clark Kent from Kansas, and he's a in in he's a white guy, right? You know, just for lack of a better term. And same like with Peter Parker. You know, everybody's like, oh, have you read Ultimate Spider Man with uh, Morales? Oh. I'm like, he's not. Spider-Man. It's a different Spider. It's, it, well, it's a different Spider-Man. It's, it's really different. But it's not Spider-Man. You can't call him Spider-Man. You can call him a different character. You can have similar powers, and he could be just as badass. You know what I mean? But Peter right. Parker is Spider-Man. That's it. There's only one Spider-Man. There's only one Batman. There's only one. You know what I mean? Like the only one I don't have a problem with it is with like Wolverine and X twenty three being called Wolverine because that's his daughter. Right. That doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? Right. But one Spider-Man, there's one Batman, there's one Superman. And to me, those are the, th- the big three, you know. I think replacing Peter Parker without a reason is pointless. Same with Batman. But the idea of a legacy name, like Batman spends his life telling, you know, his, his power is not in him. His power is in the fear that creates of the Batman, right? So yeah. him passing on the name of Batman to, you know, Dick Grayson or to, the, or to Damian Wayne and there being a new Batman, you know, that makes sense to me of, of passing the legacy down to the next the next generation of of the Batman. Which if you're is not doing any more Bruce Wayne stories, right? Exactly. Which is which is how you got Miles Morales. I don't, I don't know if you put, I don't think you've read it, but how you got Miles Morales Spider Man is Peter Parker died in Ultimate Spider Man, and Miles Morales took up the mantle of Spider Man in honor of Peter Parker with these new powers he had got. Like it I wasn't like there was it. two spider. Yeah, it was. It's really good. It wasn't like yeah. there was two Spider Man. It's like, oh, I'm Spider Man too. I mean, there is now because Marvel's put them in the same universe. Now there's Miles Morales Spider Man and Peter Parker Spider Man and Spider yeah, Gwen and and, and Ben, ben Parker Ben or yeah Ben Riley Scarlet Spider and all this whatever. Right. The Spider. But originally, originally it was Peter Parker died in Ultimate Spider Man one sixty or something like that, and Miles Morales was like, oh shit, and it was like, I'll be Spider Man now. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean. If they did a movie and they retconned and made Peter Parker a black kid from Detroit, I, I and they went through or New York or even New York, I guess because I mean you can't take Spider Man out of New York. No, but you made can't. It, made him from Harlem, and they did the whole thing. I actually wouldn't have a problem with that because he's still Peter Parker. Yeah, I'd still, I'd, I mean? I'd watch I'd watch the shit out of that. That sounds I mean, hell yeah. It, it would be interesting and it'd be cool to watch it from a totally different perspective. Right, because Spider-Man's built on his tragedy. Spider-Man is built on the fact that he is a nobody trying to be a somebody and wants so hard to be recognized, but also right. doesn't all the same time. Be, that would actually be really fun. They should do that. How many people yeah. they piss off? A lot. Awesome. <laughs> well, you know, back in the '90s or 2000s, um, they were trying to get Will Smith to be a Superman, and he was like, "Nope, you don't, you don't fuck with white guys, Superman." <laughs> yeah, that's and that would be the hardest one, right? I would watch. I, I would still watch it. I mean, if, if they even if they he doesn't it, wear a mask, if, if Superman yeah. wore a mask, I think it'd be easier for people to deal with. Right, but he's out he, in the open. He's out in the open, and he and his look is very iconic. Right. When you know with Superman, mean? Clark Kent is his mask. His Superman is who he is. It's, it's he's That's the reverse right. of every other superhero, right. pretty much. Right. Yeah. And I mean, John Jones. Yeah. John Jones <laughs> the same way. Any yeah, alien yeah. is the same way. Right. Right. <laughs> But yeah, but I think it would be interesting. interesting. That would be an interesting concept. You should, um, you should, you should, you should draw it out and write it out. You should write it out, dude, and and submit that idea to, to Marvel. Yeah, because I'm so talented on on comic books. Well, you, you can do it. Don't don't downgrade yourself. <laughs> People don't know. J John Johnny does art. Oh, pick a name. He pick a name. Comic, he does comic books. He's been he's done covers. He does his, he's, you did your own web comic for how long? How many years did Y2CL last? Um, so well, actually I did, I did 11 web comics over the span of 13 years. 11 web comics in the span of 13 years. So fuck yeah. off that you can't <laughs> write a story where you retcon. Seriously, you could do almost everything in Harlem and make Peter get bit 
and have this whole thing and, and, and have that whole concept go through. And maybe right. you're not the right person to write it. Maybe we find somebody with the right ethnicity background that could write it from that point of view that would make more sense. Yeah, I, you I could see, definitely I, draw the shit out of it. Right. I think that'd be a great story. I, but I think, yeah, you're right. Someone, someone with the background of, of New York, Harlem, that kind of that mindset would be better to write that story. Right. But yeah, I, we don't want to see a black writer, draw. but a black writer. And I'll say a black writer because definitely if, if, you're, <laughs> if you're trying to make Spider-Man a black kid, we're Harlem, just two white guys sense. talking about shit we don't understand. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have, I have like one or two black friends. <laughs> but dude, to be fair, we grew up in an area where there was not. A, dude, a, I went to a high a school where I went to a high school where it was a seven through twelve high school. So there was a lot of a lot of people there, and there was two black families. Oh, dude, I went to Fairview Junior <laughs> High, and there was like literally like four or five black kids, and you'd hear somebody get beat up, and you'd be like, right. "So and so come to the office because they just said he was black," and they. They just assume it was the same guy every time. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. We had. I, I mean, think... I mean. To be fair, a lot of times it was. <laughs> right. But it was. I mean, it's you know, it's just where we grew up. I mean, what do you? Yeah. Do? I think in total there was maybe 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 less than fifteen black kids. I mean, there was more. There was more Asians and and Latinos in my school than there was black kids. There wasn't a lot. What school in... did you? What school did you go to? Clahalia Second Clahalia in Silverdale, Washington. I mean, it was a. Clahalia. Yeah, it's like in a small school? area. No, no, it's public. I don't even remember that one. It well, because it, it opened after you're out of school. It opened in 1997. Oh yeah, I was already graduated. Yeah, I was the I first graduated. class. I was the first class to go through 10th, 11th, and 12th grade there. Interesting. I mean, it was still a very. There? I'm here. No, I said, is it still there? Oh yeah, yeah, it's still there. Yeah, it's still there. My my nephew actually graduated from there too. No, that's cool. Wait, no, he didn't. He graduated from from North Kitsap, but he he went there for a while. I graduated at Olympic High School. Nice. Hey, my wife did too. I know people who don't know. Johnny's wife is my niece. That she is. Now they so know. We are, we are actually family, not just buddies. We're both. Yeah. Family first and became buddies over over a love of nerd stuff and comics. Exactly. Which well, I, I say, probably helps you say, like ingratiate yourself into the family going, oh, somebody else who loves what I love. <laughs> somebody, yeah, somebody can I can talk to. What is yeah. cool, I remember years and years ago after I first got, I first got married to Kaylee, Went to a Thanksgiving or a Christmas or a something at uh, your brother's house, and yeah. I was talking about my book. You know, like, and I mentioned it. I think uh, Trish had mentioned it to you, and you had bought the book off Amazon. I was like, "You actually bought the book?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And read, of course, and I wanted to support you. I was like, "Yeah, oh, I wanted yeah. to support you." Yeah, it was cracking me up. I mean, you got a guy on there like almost every other panel is whacking off on the couch. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, this is hilarious." It's under a blanket. It's fine. <laughs> I know, but it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, I so want how, to. How's it going getting all this content? I mean, you've been working on your Eins anthology now for what? A year? Since, no, March. I started in March of this year. Oh, only well, three months? Yeah. So four I've been. Months, four months. You've got a lot done then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got, I've had the concept for a while, but I actually started doing it in March of this year when I started like getting writers and working on artwork and stuff. As far as content goes, I had to stop the Eins project. I think I mentioned this last time too, but I had to work on this six page short for hellcat press which i'm actually i have today's the last day to finish it up and i have one page left to draw and yeah. i i i've i've laid the panels out but i haven't actually drawn anything yet so i should be doing drawing that instead of doing this but i wanted to do this because it's fun <laughs> well plus we're trying to build something here but you should be able to finish tonight right oh yeah I'll, I'll, I'll get this over i'll do dinner with the kids real quick and then um tuck them into bed and i'll just stay up all night doing it because I don't have to work tomorrow. And then you, you can you have to what submit it to, by tomorrow? Is that the deal? That way, you yeah, I have to get it off. I have to get it to the the publisher um, by tomorrow, so they can get it off to the printers, and then it should. Are be, you should be... allowed to? I mean, you're saying Hellcat Press, but can you? Is it Hellcat Press? I want to make sure I say it right. Yeah, Hellcat Press is the publisher, and the book is called Tales from Tales from the Public Domain. I believe it releases in August of this year, so they're doing a, it's a quick turnaround, so everybody gets their books in, their stories in. Well, what, what this, genre? What genre? It's, it's all, I think, I believe it's all suspense and horror, the whole book. The, the story I'm doing is very much horror, but it's uh, it's just, it's suspense and horror books, I think, or stories. Tales from the Public Domain. That's an interesting title. Yeah, because what what the whole concept of the book is, is the writers took characters that are in public domain and then told new, new tales on them, pretty much. So, <laughs> okay. So they took characters that are in the public domain... Like Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein right? or Tarzan or something like that. Right. 
That is interesting. So the one I'm working on is a Robert E. Kelly story that deals with a voodoo man. I don't think I've actually read the story that it's based off of, or the character it's based off of, but it's a, it's, it's a Robert E. Robert e. Howard um, created Conan in Crawl the Conqueror. Right, um, right, right. This, and he, this, there's a movie about him. Yeah. With Vincent D'Onofrio. Is there? Yeah. Yeah, released back in the 90s. Nice. Yep. He was a crazy kind of... He wasn't a healthy mental person. Well, have you have you read Conan? <laughs> I love those books, man. Conan is one of my favorite characters ever developed. He's just such a just such a fun character to read about. Actually, speaking of Conan, I remember being at your house years ago, sitting on the couch watching you play Conan on Xbox. <laughs> I loved that game. That was a fun game. Oh, I know. I I actually bought it for the PS3 because of watching you play it for like four hours. So Hellcat Press has Facebook.com forward slash Hellcat Press. So you can get you can go there. They have Hellcatpress.tumblr.com. Yeah. And it looks like they have twitter.com forward slash Hellcat underscore press. Yep. And they are devoted exclusively to horror themed comic book anthologies. There you go. So um very interesting. Go check it out. It's a, it looks like it'd be a fun read. Um yeah, when does your good. when does it come out? Do you know? I believe it comes out in the middle of next month in August. It'll be actually published and printed. I should have copies of it before I go to um, Rose Rose City Comic Con in Portland in September to have. I'm gonna get a couple of copies to try and you know to, to promote and sell at my table. Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting is you don't see a lot of people with actual websites anymore, right? People They're all use, Tumblr pages, yeah. or Facebook pages, or and I, when we started this podcast, we really wanted to get make it um, not so much unique, but also not be run in the mill either. Right. And everything out there says, create your own website and put your stuff on your website. And it just seems like such a waste of time when we have a, a nice Facebook page, go check it out. And a SoundCloud so account. And a SoundCloud and YouTube now. Right. Oh yeah. We're on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. We're on YouTube. And so you can find us everywhere and, and anywhere without having, you know, why we don't need a website. If you just search Spoiler Country Podcast, you'll find us on all the stuff. We're on Instagram. Yeah. We've got Twitter. We're on Google. We're on iTunes. Yep. We're on, um, yeah, we're everywhere. Yeah. We've infected the universe. And like for this for this podcast, we decided not to make a website because it's like, why, what's the point? For my other podcast, the Y2C Radio podcast I do with, with Kaylee, I just, I have, we have a website, but really all it is is I just have a, a category on my Y2CO.net website that I dedicate to the podcast to post like pictures and stuff from the show. But right. really, I don't need to have, I mean, it's it's kind of, it doesn't really matter because most people listen off of iTunes or Google Play or SoundCloud or YouTube or something like that. And they're, they're never going to go to the website. <laughs> yeah, our first episode was, we. I think we had more people listen on YouTube than we did on SoundCloud. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, I thought that was cool too. Yeah, I, I was shocked. And, and I'm hoping that people start to interact more and because our goal is to have guests that want to talk about stuff. We don't, I don't conversation. We don't yeah, want to do a conversation. Yeah. We don't want to do an interview unless it's for some unknown reason. You know what I mean? Like it's a sponsor right. or something that we're like, we're getting paid to do this interview. So we're going to do an interview, but right. that's not how we want to do it. We prefer to do a hangout. You come on the air with us. We talk, we go over things. We just talk about stuff. That's interesting. If you're pushing something, we'll talk about it as well, but we'll talk yeah. about it in a way that just makes more fun. And then, you know, if you have to leave in 20 minutes, you leave in 20 minutes. If you want to right. stay for two hours then we stay on for two hours and we just, and we just BS. Right. Exactly. I want to, and I, I mean, I'd like to do the hangout with, with any number of, you know, any types of people I mean, people in the industry, the comics, people in the, who make movies, music, people do music, people who are just fans, people who are scientists, you know, what scientists, whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. I, I mean, there's a couple of people that I'm already interested in, in asking and in, in, in coming forward. I'd like to bring somebody on that can talk about a multitude of things. So, you know, keep with us. We hope we get this thing moving to, in a very forward fashion that can be a lot more fun. I agree. Good one conversation today. Fun. Yeah, good, good, good. One, I want to do. I want to say one more thing before we go, though. Yeah. I just want to say that. We will be, you and I will both be, and Kaylee as well, my wife, will all be in San Diego for San Diego Comic-Con coming up in Yay. less than two weeks. I know, and so exciting. I'm going to, I was going to make some like business cards or something for us to hand out for the, for this podcast, kind of like promote the show down there. Cause yeah. 
that's a great place to promote our show. You can give out business cards or something to say, hey, we're a podcast. Check us out. Yeah. And we're, we're going to we're going to go ahead and, and release more content from this podcast and this channel the whole time we're there. We're going to try right. to release stuff almost every day. Yeah, we'll, we, we'll, well, we will. We'll release something every day, whether we're it be gonna a podcast, put, videos, pictures. We're going to have it. We got this USB mic. We're going to, it plugs right into my, I can plug it right into the laptop for God's sake. And we, right. we can record the car ride down, which will be stupid, <laughs> stupid, but fun <laughs> at awesome. the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it'll just, you know, it'll just be more stuff that we'll have. And we're going to release all this stuff. And, and I think that our adventure down there is hopefully we can, we can pull it along and, and be able to revisit. How yeah, many times did you listen to that podcast we did last week? Uh, on three total. I think was, I downloaded the file and do it on my phone a couple of times. I did the same thing. Because I want I like I like to listen to make sure like, hey, how do I sound? Am I saying um too much? Do I need to stop stuttering? Well, I cut out all your um, so yeah, I, I got to the point where I could see the um coming in the, in the <laughs> audio file. I'll just cut that out. When I edit the other show, I I, I know when people say pauses there's gonna be pauses or 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 ums or buts or likes because yeah. i'm so used to the way people talk on the show I'm like all right and there it is snip it out snip it out snip it out all right does this sound good <laughs> yeah there's, there'll be some pauses on this one and i like to get to the point where you know we do a live broadcast and right. then edit it down later right but we get that live part as well because sometimes the rawness is fun and it, it's more organic well if we do it live we can get people we can get interaction with people too which i want yeah yeah, like my dream goal would be one day to do a live podcast, like in front of an audience and like just do the podcast and take questions and talk about stuff and have people interested and talk back with us. Like what, what we're doing, that'd be like my ultimate goal would be a live podcast in front of people. That This is assuming that we're interesting enough that people actually want to talk to us. But right. I'm still gonna, I, I'm still on the fence. Yeah, we're still going to assume that people want to talk to us because, you know, we're, we're that conceited. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, I am, damn it. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> All right. This is Conceited Kendrick signing out, and uh, we will talk with you guys soon. Johnny, you got to think? I know. Nothing I want to say. Just we'll talk to you next week or sooner. All right. Kendrick and Johnny signing out. Bye-bye. Peace.